Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, I hope you are counting because we are on episode 127 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And as always, as you listen to the podcast, take a few minutes, invite someone to listen, post to Facebook, Twitter, text them, call them, uh, talk about it in your Life Connection group or wherever, and just invite them to come because they're going to be able to connect a lot of things that they read in the Bible to how it affects our life every single day. So uh, we do challenge you to do that. Well, Pastor, we are a slap dab in the middle of the, do you like that word, slap dab? Slap dab. S- slap dab in the middle of the Christmas that's, season. That's an old man word. It is. <laughs> I heard slap dab in quite a while. Yeah, that's because you, you, you're not old. It's probably not politically correct to say slap dab, Pop. Slap dab? Yeah. Okay, there, well, I thought, something. They were, thought they were doing the dab like this, you know. Now. Oh, look at you, man. I like that. <laughs> you, you took you took an old man word. And, and you made it relevant for the kids. Yeah, the all the, you know, all the cool kids. I want to be one of them one day. Maybe. I, I, yeah, I think that. I never I think, was a cool yeah, kid. I think you're past your cool kid days, man. Well, I never was cool anyway. Kid. But you're a cool old man. You're a cool old man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're, uh, and with that comes the prophecies that uh, Jesus being born and, and of course, his whole life and the prophetic uh, differences that the and the words that the prophets gave in the Old Testament. And so it would behoove us, you like that word too? To you just look at you, all your vocabulary. I mean, you, you sound like a scholar today, just yeah. an absolute scholar. Yeah. Slap dab and be a who. I mean, you, you don't get any more scholarly than those, <laughs> those words. Are, those are it. You must have been reading your dictionary last uh, night. Yeah, I, I decided to do that. But anyway, <laughs> every now and again, I do that. Um, we It would be good for us to look back and say, okay, how then, if it's, important to Christ, shouldn't we know how to read the prophets when we read through the Bible? And I think people probably shy away from them. Yeah. Number one, some of them are hugely long. Long, very. And uh, then the other thing is that some of them is just such different language than we're used to. Mm-hmm. I think everybody, maybe even if they read them, skims over them. So this is going to be a good way for, I think, for us to really jump into the prophets and understand a little bit how yeah. we can read them. I hope so, because they are hard to read. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really hard to read. Yeah. And and when you read, pretty much they're half of the Old Testament. I mean, if you take well, Psalms. Yeah, yeah. So and, if you think about the prophetic books, the prophetic books, this is this is mind-blowing. The prophetic books make up one-third of our entire Bible. Mm. One-third of our Bible, 33%, right? Yep. Prophetic books. And so we better know how to read them. We better know how to read them because apparently they're pretty important. There's... One third of our Bibles made up made up of prophetic books. That's a lot to say. That's a mouthful made up of prophetic books. You know, we want to we want to stick with Isaiah seven fourteen and yeah, those, there's some nine, good verses, right? There's some wonderful verses. Isaiah fifty three, but the rest of it, you yeah. know, we're kind of like iffy. And how does it fit together? I mean, they're yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a lot to work through. Yeah, we'll do our best. Well, t- so today we're going to talk about some helpful tips for reading the prophets. As a matter of fact, we're going to have six tips for you today. And so let's just jump right in because we got a long way to go here. Do our best here. Okay. The prophetic books, number one, the prophetic books are divided into major 
and minor prophets. Okay, so you probably know this. If you look through your Bible, if you've been in church a little bit or whatever the case may be, you probably know that the prophetic books, they're divided into what we call major and minor prophets. Now, when we say major and minor prophets, we're not saying that uh, some prophets are more important than the other mm-hmm. prophets, right? So you think about the prophetic books. We have 18 prophetic books total. Mm-hmm. And so you think about prophetic books largely written during the time of of the nation of Israel when you have the divided kingdoms. You remember mm-hmm. after, yes. after Solomon, uh, after his reign over Israel, uh, the kingdom divided, family was all messed up, and so you have this divided kingdom. And so you have the, the northern kingdom, Israel, and the southern kingdom, Judah. And so you have some of the prophets that will speak to the northern kingdom exclusively. Some speak to the southern kingdom exclusively. And they are all telling a similar message, which we'll get to in a minute. But there are 18 total prophetic books, okay? Of those 18 total prophetic books, 12 of those books we consider minor prophets. Mm. When we say they're minor prophets, what do we mean, Trey? They mean they're small. They're short. They're short. Or shorter anyway. Yes. I mean, some of the minor prophets are Well, actually, Jeremiah is the long, by word count, is the longest book in the Bible. So compare that to like Obadiah, for instance. Right, right, which is like One 13 of the verses. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not very long at all. Yeah. And and then Isaiah, if you count about chapters, Isaiah has 66 mm-hmm. chapters, same number of books in the Bible. Uh, now, Isaiah didn't put the chapter numbers in there, obviously, but <laughs> there's 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. So yeah. you, you, they, the, the major prophets, uh, we call them major just because they're lengthier. So you think mm-hmm. about you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they're, they're, they're just long books. And then you have these minor prophetic books that are just, um, uh, just, just shorter. And that's what we call them the minor prophets. And so just know that in your Bible, um, you have this division between the major prophets mm-hmm. and the minor prophets. But, but, but again, uh, they're, they're telling a similar message in those books, just, you know, based on what's going on in the circumstances and all that. But we'll get that in just a moment. All right. So the first tip is the major and the minor prophets. Second tip is this. The prophets are difficult to read because we don't have a comparative genre. Yep. We don't. Not in contemporary literature. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is uh, as you're reading through the prophets, go ahead and know that you're going to have a hard time reading them. Because when you go to Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com to buy, you know, books, you don't go to the prophecy section. Mm -hmm. There's not one. Now no, there, there are some, there, there, there are some, you know, there's some, you know, unique people out there who say they're prophets today, uh, but we don't have in literature um, prophecy as a genre of literature, right? You're not going to go to Barnes and Noble and find it. Uh, you're not going to go to Amazon.com and find find prophets. I mean, prophets were God's chosen people in the days of mm-hmm. Israel, who he raised up to give a very specific message to the nation of Israel, to the southern kingdom of Judah. And so, you know, th- this is a unique time in history and uh, as a result, a unique uh, genre of literature that we just don't have today. And mm-hmm. so and it's like, we'll get to this over the next few weeks, it's like apocalyptic literature. Mm-hmm. We don't have apocalyptic literature today. That was for a specific time, for a specific audience. And so when you read prophecy in the Bible, you read apocalyptic literature in the Bible, it's just challenging because we don't really have anything to compare it to, right. you know? And um, so I just mean, understanding that. I went to a Christian school and I went to high school and college. And except for some classes that I took on the prophets, there was, I mean, I had no yeah. study at all in any of my literature classes of anything because there is nothing there except right, right. this. Right. This, this is it. So, yeah. you think, yeah. So, you know, it's in the context of, of the Christian church where we, or that we deal with the prophetic mm-hmm. books, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so it's just, it's just challenging. Also, when you and I think prophets, we have the immediate thought of future. Yeah, f- future telling, yes. Yeah, we think of, For- but... But the prophets weren't so much concerned with telling the future as they were 
speaking to mm. the people in their present situation. Now, there are futuristic elements in the prophets, mm-hmm. right? You think about the prophecies that foretell of uh, the coming Christ. Yes. His birth is prophesied. You know, his death is prophesied, Isaiah chapter 53. And, and so you have these, these uh, messianic prophecies. Mm-hmm. But even then, the messianic prophecies, they don't make up the majority no, not at all. of the message of the prophets. And you have even more than that. You have um, the prophets foretell of the, the, the last days, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you think about the book of Daniel and, and Ezekiel. They, they give these prophecies of, of the, the, the end of mm-hmm. time when God is going to, you know, vindicate his people sure. and pour out his wrath on those who rejected him and those kinds of things. But again, even that, it, it is a, um, a small portion of the prophet's message. The prophets do refer a lot to what's called the day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right, the day of the Lord is is the coming judgment of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you think about the prophets, that that day of the Lord could be, um, you know, immediate. Could be Babylon, for instance. Right, Babylon yeah. would be an example of the day of the Lord when they yeah. came in, took the um, Jewish people into exile, or Assyria mm-hmm. uh, when Assyria came into the Northern Kingdom and and you know wreaked havoc on the Northern Kingdom. Those could be considered days of the Lord, days where judgment came yeah. on the nation of Israel. But with that said, there's also this future idea of the day of the Lord where God is going to make uh, His judgment known and He's going to vindicate His people. And so, just as you're reading the prophets. Um, know that the prophets were concerned with the present day mm-hmm. more than they were concerned with the future day. They did tell of future things to come, but they were concerned with the then and now. Listen to what we're saying. So it would be critical then for us to understand the history of Israel. Yeah. For instance, it's it's good that you have read First, Second Samuel, First, Second yeah, Kings, First, Second Chronicles, Ezra, and Nehemiah. Yeah. So because you're beginning to see these things yeah. because it gets to the end of those books. And, of course, right. we do see these days of the Lord that come and the horrible things. And Jeremiah even speaks of them in Lamentations. So. That's exactly right. Now, and that, and with that said, um, that's going to lead right into our, our next tip. Mm-hmm. But with that said, also understand that uh, the prophets that you have in the Old Testament, those written books, mm-hmm. right, major and minor, uh, those prophets, Jeremiah, Hosea, Obadiah, Malachi, you know, the different ones, they weren't the only prophets. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you think about uh, the the story of the Bible, um, you know, Jesus Christ is the ultimate prophet. But there was another prophet that was pretty important that doesn't have a book named after him. Which prophet was that? John. Well, you have John. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. I'm sorry. Okay, no, I was thinking, oh, you're right, but I'm also thinking about Elijah. Oh, Elijah, yes. You definitely. think about, you know, yeah, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, he is there with Moses and he's there with Elijah. Yes. You know, and, and Elijah, he is, and, and when John the Baptist comes on the scene, he is, you know, he is, he is in a lot of ways the new Elijah. I was going to say yeah. that. So in the that's, Old Testament, right? In prophesied. the Old Testament, there, there's, there's not a more significant prophet than mm. Elijah. Mm-hmm. Yet Elijah does not have a book of the Bible named after him. He does not write a prophetic book. So you do have to read the historical books to find yeah, out about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you can't yeah, just and go to the book of Elijah. You cannot. And you have Elisha. I mean, you have a you know a number of prophets. There was a school of prophets. I was going to say, prophets, even you know? the school of prophets. So yeah, all the, the prophetic books we have are the books that God wants us to have uh, that that give us um, you know just what He wants us to know about His work in the nation of Israel. But mm-hmm. those prophetic books don't represent all of the prophets. There were other prophets as well. And by the way, the reason I said John, because I just read about him this morning. So oh, yeah. it was always fresh on my mind. There so. you go. Well, that, <laughs> there that, was, go. that was good. I like that. Okay. Uh, so third tip, historical context is key to understanding Yeah, the and that's what you were just saying, Trey, yeah. that, that, you know, reading those Old Testament books, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, 
that really does give you the background story mm-hmm. so that when you know, when you read through the prophetic books, you could understand uh, the times and the situation they were writing to. Uh, so you think about the prophets writing to a disobedient people mm-hmm. who often turned to idolatry and did not follow the Lord. And so it is crucial for you if you're going to, if you just pick up the book of Jeremiah and you just start reading it. I mean, obviously uh, you're going to hear God's voice because God speaks to us through his word, but it's going to help you immensely to have some context because reading Jeremiah without context is difficult. Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah, we take that verse for, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to, to prosper you. Well, there's a context there. Mm-hmm. He's not talking to high school graduates, right? <laughs> They're getting ready, ready to graduate from high school and go off and accomplish big things. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's how we usually use that verse well, yeah. for high school graduates. And I, I guess that's fine. But the reality is, is he, he's speaking directly to uh, uh, the, the nation of Israel. He's got a specific word for them that, you know, God is going to bring was actually talking to the Southern Kingdom. God's going to bring them out of exile mm-hmm. after 70 years, and he is going to prosper them in their land again. That's the context, mm-hmm. right? And so understanding that context is going to help you to understand that prophet, which is going to make your, your reading of the prophets much richer as oh, you understand yeah. the context. Much richer. And so this is why it's very important, right, that when you read the the prophets, that you do have that good understanding of uh, Old Testament history that you've read through First and Second Samuel, First mm-hmm. and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, and Ezra and Nehemiah to get that background. But it's also important that you have a good study Bible because good study Bibles help immensely in understanding what the prophets are getting across. So having that ESV study Bible or that CSB study Bible that has the introductions to each prophetic book and then gives you the uh, study notes down the bottom, that's going to help you to fill in some of those uh, contextual details that are so important to understand as you read through the prophets. And as I read, I, I actually have Logos open to whatever commentary I want, you know, especially in the yeah. prophets, because I'm trying to figure that I did it this morning, trying to figure out everything that's going on when I'm reading these things. And, you know, the bottom line is we cannot remember everything. You can't. I mean, I've been no, to seminary, I mean, yeah, I've been to yeah. everything, but you still have to say, oh, yeah, now this, yeah. And you start to I mean, bring right. it back. I mean, so you know, we've been staying there's no, for years. And yeah, there's no embarrassment in saying, no, well, I had to no. look at the notes to figure that out. No, I couldn't tell you right now. I mean, I could guess, and I think I would get most of them right, but I couldn't tell you, all, you know, exactly which prophet wrote to which audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I get those things mm-hmm. confused because, you know, I mean, you just it's hard to remember all those details. Mm-hmm. And and you, you mentioned you know, Bible software logos. You know, you and I have that Bible software and have made a big investment into that Bible software. Oh, it's yeah. expensive. Uh, but you can get free versions of, mm-hmm. of, of, of logos. And there's the another basic called version's Olive like Tree. 49 bucks. Yeah, so. so having some good Bible software is helpful because you can have it on your different devices and it can pop up some different commentaries and all that stuff really helps when you're trying to figure out some of these more difficult books of the Bible. Even hey, on Kindle. Man, yeah, I got on mine Kindle, on Kindle. Right? So. so just kind of thinking through that, right, that it is, it is not a bad thing to have some resources mm-hmm. to help you to think through um, the prophetic books or the Bible in general. So don't be scared to use those resources from time to time when you get stuck trying to figure out what this book is saying or you know, particular verses or whatever the case may be. You need that to help you to fill in uh, the contextual details because it's going to be hard to read the mm-hmm. prophets without those contextual details. And don't get discouraged because it might take you longer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's going to take you longer hey, to figure it all right? out. So I know, I know when I'm getting to that time of, of year, if I'm reading through the Bible in the year or if I'm just trying mm-hmm. to kind of stay in a particular book, I, I know that when I get to the prophets, I'm going to need a lot of help. Mm-hmm. I just am. And you think about just not only the contextual details, but how the, the prophets are written. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, they're written like the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. Very they're poetic, poetic. Yeah. Right? And so since they're poetic, there's a lot of symbolism and there's a lot of, you know, 
analogies and, you know, those different things that we see in poetry. And so, so just understanding that as well as figurative language. And, and, and so again, you need that help. What, what does he mean here? He's got this figurative language. I mean, what, what, what I do with this? And so having those, those extra resources to help you think through that is very helpful. Okay. Well, the fourth tip has to do with the why. In other mm-hmm. words, okay, this is written why, and that is this, the primary purpose of the prophets was to enforce and mediate the old covenant. Yeah, yeah. So this is the problem. This is why God raises up the prophets, because you have uh, these these people who mm-hmm. did not obey the Lord. God, God told them, right? If you obey me, this is you know Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you obey me, man, you're going to be blessed, right? Mm-hmm. But if you disobey me, if you do not keep your end of the covenant, you're going to be cursed. You're mm-hmm. going to have, and he, he lays out, you know, all the things that will happen. Well, they experienced the consequences of not obeying the Lord, but God loves his people. So he raises up the prophets to warn them and to bring them back into alignment with his will. And so you think about the prophets, their, their job is to, uh, in a lot of ways, enforce and mediate the old covenant to say, hey, mm-hmm. you've gotten off track. And so therefore, because of that, if you think about it, uh, the prophet's message is unoriginal. What yeah, I mean by yeah. that is when you read through the, oh, the yeah. prophets, you're not reading like, you know, new laws or you know, they're just saying, hey, here is the law mm-hmm. and here's what you've done. Repent, mm-hmm. repent. And so you think about it, what you have is confrontational. It's unoriginal, it's confrontational. And so so what the prophets do is that they accuse, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's confrontational. Here, here's where you've gone astray. The, you know what the Lord requires. He requires you to walk before him justly to, to, you know, he requires you to worship him alone and not turn to idolatry, but you've done that, right? You've practiced injustice. You've, you've committed idolatry. So that, that's the accusation. Mm-hmm. So then there's the accusation. There's the call to repentance. Now repent, turn back to the Lord. If you turn back to the Lord, right, he will withhold his judgment. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you don't turn back, judgment is coming. The day of the Lord is coming. And, 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 and you know, you have the prophecies about the, the Babylonian exile or Assyria coming in or the case may be. And so you, you have that, that accusation. You have the call to repentance. And if they don't repent, here's what's going to happen. But then you always, in the prophetic books, you have hope. Mm, yes. You know, you think about Jeremiah chapter 29, for example, after the people have been taken to exile, this is not going to last forever. God is going to bring you back and restore you. You think about uh, the book of Isaiah, this very lengthy prophetic book. You get towards the, the end of Isaiah and it's all about hope. God is going to restore his people. Mm-hmm. God is going to restore his people. And you think about, you know, um, the, the, the prophecies that are in the prophetic books of the coming Messiah, hope. Oh, always. And so you read, yeah, yeah, you read these prophetic books. Yes, there is judgment coming for God's people, but he is he is going to restore his people and Mm -hmm. he's going to provide them with future hope. And so the prophetic books, while they're full of of judgment and warnings and calls to repentance, they're also full of grace and mercy. God is going to work graciously in the lives of the people. So in a lot of ways, the prophetic books, while they're hard to read, they're very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And especially I, sometimes I got to, I'll, I'll be reading through them and I'll have to jump to the end sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> You absolutely. get to the end of the book and then I'll go back and read. Oh, okay. There is hope in this yeah. thing. So, But again, as we talked about earlier, the prophets are far more concerned with the present reality of their day than they are prophesying about far future events, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And now, again, those things are there. But when you read through the prophetic books, just keep in mind that 99% of the prophet's message is completed. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that, you know, you only have... One percent of of I knew it was a small percentage yeah, of yeah. information that relates to that that's you know telling us about the the final day mm-hmm. right 
the, the prophet's message, it's been fulfilled, right, for the most part, except for that 1% of information that regards the final day of the Lord. So, keep so that in mind. I, I do want to say this. Be very careful about taking every single thing you read in the prophet and saying, oh, that's America or, you yeah, know, that, you know, all not. this. Yeah, exactly. It just drives me crazy it's to not. hear that and yeah, trying Second to make Chronicles something 7, out of nothing. Well, not Second Chronicles 7, 14. That's not a prophetic book. I'm getting, yeah. <laughs> but, we, but we take that verse. I'm thinking I'm getting all kind of yeah. messed up with my scripture. That's right, brother. But we take that verse, for example, in Second in, in Chronicles 7, mm-hmm. 14, we make it about America. America. It's not about America, mm-hmm. you know. We have a tendency to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's application, obviously, of course, for every life situation. But the prophets are not writing about America; they're writing about Israel and their issues and and what God wants to do in in that time and in that day. But there's certainly a transcendent message for us as well. Of course, there is. All right. Well, number five tip is this: when reading the prophets, oh, excuse me, when reading the prophetic books, think oracles. What does that mean? Yeah. So. When I say oracles, you have to think about, okay, in, in different books, the Bible, you, you, you break up the text to understand it, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you're thinking about reading through the epistles, you're, you're breaking up the epistles in paragraphs, mm-hmm. right? You read a paragraph, okay, what, that, what, what was Paul getting across in that particular paragraph or whatever the case may be? Read the gospels, you're reading um, kind of the same paragraphs, but also pericopes is the word we use, right? Where you'll have a section that, that tells a story about what Jesus did and you move on to the next mm-hmm. story or you mm-hmm. move on to the next teaching. And so we call that a pericope, right? And so in the Old Testament, you have poetry, right? You mm-hmm. have the Psalms and so you're reading Psalm 1 and then you're on to the next Psalm or whatever the case may be. Um, you think about the, the wisdom sayings, you're reading, okay, there's this wisdom saying and then this wisdom saying. And so when you come to the prophets, you're thinking oracles, mm-hmm. okay, the word oracles. I know that's a weird word because we don't use that word a lot, but when you think about oracles, all, all we're saying is divine revelation communed, communicated through God's spokesperson. So it, it's kind of like a paragraph, I yeah, guess, yeah. but but it's, it's an oracle. So looking at these, and, and in your Bible. Yeah, I was going to say there are headings there a lot of times. Are there, yeah. or they, and they break it up into paragraphs, but those mm-hmm. technically we call those in the prophetic books oracles, okay. right? So you've got these different oracles. And so look at those different oracles and and those things help you to uh, break up the prophetic books. So what happens in the prophetic books, so though, you'll have an oracle, the prophet says, thus saith the Lord, which that's a phrase that you see over and over in the prophetic books, right? Thus saith the Lord. And and the prophet will give you those things that the Lord says. But those, thus saith the Lord, those those statements that begin an oracle um, can sometimes be separated by narrative. Oh, yeah. Right? So Jeremiah so, does yeah, that. Yeah, Isaiah so you think about that. it. I mean, yeah. uh, the prophetic books aren't just a, a collection of sayings. They, they are that, mm-hmm. right? But there's also narrative that's interweaved throughout the prophetic books to kind of give us an idea of what's going on. You think about Isaiah, for example, Isaiah chapter 6. You have this narrative of Isaiah going into the temple and having this vision, mm-hmm. you see? So you read through the prophets, you're going to see some narrative that's interweaved uh, with, with uh, the oracles there as well. So just be aware of that as you're reading through. All right, and that leads us to the sixth tip, which is this. Look for different types of prophetic utterances. Okay. So I don't know if you think about this or not a whole lot, but when you read through the prophets, you, you do see some, some different things going on. For example, you see, um, you see you know, just a lawsuit, mm-hmm. right, where, where there's a, a, a case put before the people. Here's what you did. Here's the charge. Here's the evidence, and I'm going to give you a verdict. I mean, so we, can, we could, if we had time, walk through different examples of that, but you'll see these, these, these oracles that, sound all like a lawsuit, like an ancient lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the charge, here's the evidence, here's what's going to happen, right? Um, one that's really familiar to you probably is you have these these woe statements, right? Woe to you. Woe is, right? So mm-hmm. you think about um, um, 
the the woe announcements they 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 contain some some elements. There, there's the stress, there's the reason for distress, and a prediction of doom. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see that woe stuff quite a bit. You're also going to see obviously the promise. So you have you have lawsuits, you have woes, and you have promise. And so when you think about the promise, it it is that hope that you see in the prophets of a future blessing, as God. Uh, graciously works among his people. And then you have the enactment prophecy. So you think about this, right? You think about enactment. Um, you think about Isaiah prophesying naked, right? Yeah. Or those kinds of things that, that, that you have, um, uh, the prophets, the, the prophet's message acted out mm-hmm. by the prophets themselves, right? So you're, you're going to see some, some different things as you read through the prophets and just keep those, those different types of utterances in mind as you read through. Oh, and there's also, obviously, the messenger speech, thus saith the Lord, that's over and over again in the prophets. So, yeah, just keeping those things in mind. So when it says, thus says the Lord, I mean, that would could we consider that a direct revelation? In yeah, other words, absolutely. we always talk well, about God using uh, the writers and their own personalities yeah. and all those things yeah. to, to get us his word. But in it, they... Yeah, it doesn't get any more direct than thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, they basically yeah. are getting the word of God and they're yeah, say, yeah, sharing yeah, it immediately. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So thinking through other things is real helpful. Again, just kind of bottom line is that when you're reading the prophetic books, you have to keep all these things in mind and, and get some get some help, right? Go to that study Bible, go to that commentary, um, think through it, but don't be scared to read the prophetic books because there is much here to learn and there's much here to benefit you in your walk with the Lord as you consider the message of the Lord through the prophets and just kind of thinking through, okay, how does this connect us mm-hmm. to the gospel message? Jesus is the ultimate hope that the prophets prophesy about, you see? And so just understanding that there, there is, you know, um, uh, this 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 gospel centrality that is in the prophetic books I love pointing that word, us gospel centrality that's pointing us to the hope that we have mm. in Jesus Christ that, yes. that the prophets show us that in spite of all of the stuff that the people did in spite of all their sin there was a gracious God who was mm-hmm. a just God who would bring about justice but at the same time would provide a lot of grace and hope for his people and so in that way prophetic books are really encouraging. And so don't be scared to read them. Just be ready to get to work when you do read them. And uh, I would say, I would also like to say that just be very careful with what you hear on YouTube and, um, you know, different podcasts and all these guys that go off and make these ridiculous statements and then get the whole world in an uproar. You know, we we had that back in the nineties, you know, where that man said the end of the world's coming is proof da 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 da, and everybody was waiting for it to happen and all these crazy things. Um, so just be very careful about what you hear mm-hmm. and uh, what you put into your brain. Yeah. And do take, as you said, these things that are standard and approved and things that have historically been dealt, uh, used as, as a church to interpret the prophets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, continue absolutely. to do just that. Just a plug for our Connecting Faith to Life discipleship curriculum that mm. Logan and I wrote together. Many in our church are, are going through yes. that in discipleship groups. Um, if you're not a part of our church, you can actually get that, yeah. that book on Amazon. I uh, just you know, type in my name or Logan's name mm-hmm. or just connecting faith to life discipleship and it should pop up. But Logan wrote a great chapter in that book uh, on excellent understanding chapter, yes. the prophets. Yeah, I mean, it's excellent. really, I mean, it's short it's about, you know, it's not too long of a chapter and it's to the point and he does mm-hmm. a great job with that. And so it might be something that would help you as you're thinking through how to read the prophets. Good Logan, work. Logan's a pretty Good smart tip. guy. Yeah, Logan is. Yeah. You say he's our resident genius. 
Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> we won't let that out the bag. So. <laughs> he was a smart guy, though. Amen. He was a smart guy. Well, Pastor, thank you so much for taking your time to help us to think through the prophets and to think well about yeah. them. And uh, so as we close, uh, get us ready for next week. Yep. I do hope that today's been helpful for you and encouraging. And I hope today maybe you've been encouraged to read Isaiah. Amen. All 66 chapters. Be fun. Do it. It won't take long. No, not too long. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope it's been helpful for you, and I hope that if this has been helpful for you, you go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content that are delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review that helps us get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.